Podcast, lifting the lid on mental health over a beer, with author and psychiatrist Paul Keedwell and business consultant and so-called comedian Ollie Turnbull. Hello and welcome to the second of our COVID-19 specials, Why the Long Isolation, uh, with uh, me, Oliver Turnbull, and Dr. Paul Keedwell. Hello. How are you today, my friend? I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, I'm, you know, I've been for a run. I've done some constructive things. Good. And I've also noodled around on social media. Nice. I'm slightly in a mix of kind of self-satisfied and a bit anxious. Yeah, because it's worth recalling. It's Tuesday the 31st of uh, March, the last day of the financial year. And we've had a bad day in the UK in that yesterday there was a report of 393 people um, dying as a result of um, of COVID-19, which is, which is the worst day so far. Only time will tell from our perspective whether that turns out to be one of the worst or whether it's still going to get any worse. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a big jump up from... Uh, the previous day's figure, which was 180. It tends to get reported uh, around mid-afternoon. I don't know why. So it is a big leap up. Uh, It's not unprecedented. We've seen it in other countries in Europe, but uh, we were kind of predicting this. We're we're feverishly looking at the data. Both me and uh, the doctor do love an Excel spreadsheet. We're slightly competitive Mm. about our skills and speed with it, Uh, but we're both coming up with the same conclusions. But I, I think both of us, if we're not careful, can try and uh, look at graphs that make it look better for the UK. Um, but um, the ones that I think are reliable are from a point in time, such as the first 100 deaths, um, how have we climbed relative to when other countries met that point. Uh, and if you do look at yeah. it that way, we're, 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 we don't look that bad, actually, uh, this leap in the last 24 hours notwithstanding. No, and people will be listening to this from all over the world, and some people will be thinking, oh, you've got it coming, UK. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. In the last 30 days, we've got more listeners in the US than anywhere else in the world, so uh, y'all take care of yourselves. Yeah, yeah, I guess people in the US are going to be quite worried at the moment. Um, The figures are climbing uh, over there, aren't they? Big country, though, so you can't make uh, direct comparisons. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to, as I say, listening back to this recording months from now, uh, do we sound wise or do we sound horribly naive or do we sound terribly pessimistic? It's it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we may find that uh, uh, it, it's clear that most European countries are going to, uh, or Western countries, are going to uh, form the same curve. I think we might have to accept that there's going to be a certain percentage uh, of loved ones we're going to lose. Uh, mostly in the elderly. Absolutely, without a doubt. Uh, this is a nasty disease. And that actually, actually what may happen is all countries eventually catch up with the, with the right number of ICU beds and ventilators, but there'll still be the same proportion who die. Yeah. I mean, I'm, hope, I'm hoping that we'll realise that the death rate is actually quite small uh, once we have enough uh, tests done. And the, the big battle at the moment, isn't it, is to get enough testing done. So we've got reliable statistics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that's right. But I, I, you wonder, don't you, even at, the, even at this relatively early stage still, is that there have been so many people who won't have been tested who've had it, that that's going to skew the figures in the in the end as well. I don't know how you're going to compensate for that statistically. Mm. But on a lighter note, you did say, uh, do I fancy a drink? Because normally we're 
uh, regular listeners will know, we we enjoy a little tipple normally when we're when we're just one, just one, maybe two, if we're if we're feeling particularly happy with uh, the way that the podcast is going. And I, I don't know, I, I don't really feel like a drink at the moment. I haven't been drinking that much, which is uh, obviously quite a good thing. I don't know, but I don't know about you. Mm. I, I think no, I haven't I, actually. No, no. I used to come home after a long day at work and really felt I earned one, and I, I'm not sure I feel that. It's not as <laughs> I don't interesting. Feel like yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe you're less stressed uh, working from home. Maybe this is an advert for working from home. But do you think you're working as hard as you would do if you went to the office? Yeah, great question. This is where we're very different because uh, you see patients, whereas I have to be sort of self-policing and uh, try and keep my motivation up, which can be difficult, particularly when I'm doing some deep technical report unsupervised because I've, I'm here with my kids who are one of which is working and one of which is messing around and sometimes working and my wife who is certainly working it's like being in, a, in an office really um, we have kind of a different relationship really during the day as if we're sort of office yeah. friends and I work in a very mm. friendly office so I, I think I'm probably working about as hard but I think probably about the same so well, that begs the question then why do you think you haven't earned the drink maybe yeah. it's more to do with the commute Maybe it's the commute that's the slog. Ah, and that's maybe. why you feel you need the drink when you get back. Or, yeah, or maybe there's something psychological which says you've gone out. You've physically left your home to bring home the bacon. Makes me think, right, I've done it. I've survived another day. Also, of course, um, a commute on a motorcycle is absolutely exhausting. Right. So doing this dry, dry and doing it remotely is a bit different. But I have to say it's better than not doing it. Yeah. I've tried to put together how we can help ourselves during this difficult time. My toolkit for uh, surviving the lockdown. Six elements. I think these are going to be helpful. I wish we could arrange them in some sort of mnemonic, which was kind of a rude word or something. So the first one is be mindful. Oh, yeah. Be mindful. So this is, this is a skill that you need to train at. But it's about being aware of how you're feeling and where your thoughts are going. Where are your thoughts wandering during this isolation? We can say that a lot of the time people are obsessing about their health and safety at the moment and obsessing about death, which is the ultimate kind of fear and typical of the tendency for we human beings to exaggerate the risks before us. Catastrophizing in your prediction of future events, thinking that you're at greater risk than you are. Yeah, the, the thing about mindfulness that I learned is being the present, and listen to what your senses are telling you, particularly the ears, funnily enough. So when I was doing this philosophy course in, in Eastern mm. meditation and Eastern philosophy, and she made us sit and listen to what was going on in the room around us and beyond the room, and then beyond that to the slightest little sound that we could hear. And that helped us very much get in, in, in the moment. I've done that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah sort of byproduct of it was that you you started concentrating quite hard uh, on something other than the noise that was going on in your brain and the idea was that you you calm that constant noise that's going on in your brain you know it's happening to me now am I going to stumble over my words have mm. we prepared enough blah 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 uh, and uh, it helps you do that and the other thing that she said which I thought was uh, crucial and I think it it's the same in sort of the, the, the kind of mindfulness that, that we do in the West is if your mind wanders and it 100% will, particularly when you're doing this exercise for the first time, if your mind wanders, just let it be aware that it's wandering, uh, recognize mm. the thought, but don't give it any 
any particular meaning. Just recognize you're having a thought, mm. have that thought, and then try gently to move yourself back to A, concentrating on your breathing, and B, concentrating mm. on what your senses are telling you. It's, it's quite cool, mm. but it, it, it's not massively easy. And the more you practice it, the better you get at it. But I, I was trying to think uh, in the broader sense about being mindful of what you're thinking, how that is impacting on how you feel and also how it's impacting on perhaps how other f people feel around you. So if you're, how are you presenting yourself to other people in your, in your household? Right. Right. Interesting. Yep. Definitely you need to be doing a lot of the mindfulness meditation that we talked about last time, but you need to be educating yourself as well about where your mind has a tendency to go at the moment. Hmm. When you start getting that headache or, oh, it feels like I've got a bit of a sore throat. Maybe I'm getting the virus and maybe I've spread it to other people. Oh, my God. And then loads of guilty ruminations come in or people are getting uh, what we call psychosomatic s symptoms. So mm. perhaps over interpreting physical feelings and thinking that they are an early sign of the disease. I don't know about you. I've occasionally thought, oh, I had a bit of a twinge in my throat. Uh, I mean, lots of things can cause a temporary sore throat, you know. Yeah, it's perfectly natural because we're in, like we said before, all of us, almost all of humanity is in this heightened state of worry. And we're animals mm. at the end of the day. Mm. And when you're in a heightened state of worry, you look for any sign that gives you an indication that you're in peril. I guess it's just being mindful of that, being aware of that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what I've been studying a lot recently is the primitive brain. And of course... The primitive brain acts quicker than your rational brain. Why? Because if there's a bloody tiger just about to bite you, you can't, you don't have time to think logically about the probabilities. You just get the fuck out of there, mm. right? And so mm. that explains quite a lot of why our anxieties that well up within us don't seem to have any logic because sometimes they can bypass the logical part of our brain. Yeah, so we should say something about the physical symptoms of anxiety so that if you are experiencing them, you can perhaps be mindful of the fact that they are not necessarily symptoms of serious physical illness, but just symptoms of anxiety, right? Bingo. A dry or scratchy throat could easily be due to you over-breathing or hyperventilating. Anyone listening to this now can do a little experiment uh, if they force themselves to overbreathe for just 15 seconds, they'll start to feel hot and sweaty. It is a consequence of overbreathing, which we tend to do when we're anxious. What other symptoms do we get? Well, we can get palpitations, fast heartbeat. We can actually get pains in the chest due to the fact that the, the chest wall muscles are constricting. You can be constipated. You can be the opposite. You can have the urge to pee. You can feel a bit nauseous. Um, these are all anxiety symptoms, mostly due to an overdrive of the sympathetic um, autonomic nervous system, which is all connected to that system in your brain that's to do with fight or flight. It probably bears saying that none of this is particularly physically dangerous. These are natural bodily reactions to a brain that thinks it's in peril. Please remember this. Yeah. You're not going crazy. You're not having a heart attack. You're not having a brain tumor. You're, uh, and, and this all, all goes through all, all the way through to anxiety attacks, um, uh, panic attacks, mm. which are uh, the worst manifestation of this. And the things to remember there are, it's not going to kill you. It's a perfectly normal reaction. Your body's actually acting in the correct way and it will pass. The chemicals within your body yeah. will dissipate and you will feel better. And you've, you've got to remember these things. 
And the great thing is, once you become mindful about this yourself, you can be mindful about the other people in your household who may be going through anxiety and over-interpreting symptoms like that. Blimey, we've only done one of your six-point plan. You know, no, but I tell you what, though, mindful just covers a, a whole multitude of things, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But it's being aware of the link between thoughts and the physical reaction. So it's those negative thoughts that start the chain through your meditation techniques. You've become aware of the negative thoughts that keep popping into your head. Thoughts that most of the time you're not even aware of, but they're there in the back of your mind, building up uh, the level of anxiety incrementally. That's right. These things bubble up. And before you know it, they're there in your sort of conscious mind and you're in a state of um, anxiety. And then you have this thing where you're anxious about being anxious. I think be positive. One thing I would say, I don't hold much store in just saying positive things over and over and over and over again and saying it's going to be a wonderful day i'm a wonderful guy i'm a fighter and i'm going to survive i always like there to be a little bit of a logic behind it so the positivity is based on fact yeah what you summarized there is is the heart of cognitive behavioral therapy you're identifying the errors of logic that led to your thought and you're correcting that error of logic with something that's more rational yeah Uh, but the, the key thing is that you're doing it you're, you're the um, person who's, who's, who's conceiving of the more uh, realistic and nearly always more positive spin. Because your brain is a bit like the, all those negative headlines you, you read in the newspapers. If you're focusing death rates due to this serious disease, you can flip it around to survival rates. You can think about it in that way. So, so we think the death rate might be as high as 1%, say or even 2%, so what's your chances of survival between 98 and 99%? That sounds like pretty good odds to me. Even higher when you're younger than, than 70. I think that's that's great. It's, it's what we call reframing in my game. Look at it from a different angle. Uh, try and let the facts tell us something different. And thinking about what you're doing to protect yourself. So I'm, I'm doing this, that, and the other to minimize my risk even further. The, the other thing to say is think forward to the future when the risk is much reduced taking heart from the asian countries where they are literally ahead of the curve compared to us and coming out the other side of it and starting to relax some of their social distancing measures oh yeah when we get through this and we're all going back to work and we're all having we're in coffee shops and we're all having proper face-to-face meetings and meeting each other again normality is going to seem so sweet yeah think of the parties we're going to have yeah fantastic yeah, so isolation will eventually come to an end. And and how about trusting in our uh, in the scientific community to come up with um, some solutions for this that are very encouraging? You know, we're hearing encouraging news all the time. Perhaps focusing on that would be helpful. But, you know, in the here and now, what can we take that's positive from the current situation? It's good to sort of write down a list of these. And I was reading about gratitude training the other day which uh, i can just feel you bristling yeah yeah <laughs> Oliver, but i just my, my eyes just went oh for fuck's sake what have i got to be grateful for today and actually there's quite a lot of things uh that you have you, you should be grateful for i i guess you got a nice home right oh no i am yeah uh, absolutely um but gratitude training i suppose it's just getting up every morning and, and first thing you do rather than look at your smartphone is to think about what you've got to be grateful for. Yeah. There's, a, there's another similar thing, which is linked to mindfulness, which is um, 
really taking notice of things. <laughs> things. And things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> um, and you look at grass and you look at the way that... Oh, stuff, you mean? Stuff. Yes, sorry, stuff. I should have said stuff. Yeah, you're right, stuff. And you notice the closer you come, you can you can see the individual blades of grass. Mm. And then one blade of grass has a drop of water on it. And the drop of water has a reflection on it. And you're just, it sounds really, really hippie. But if you're talking about gratitude training, Jesus Christ. I was going to say, <laughs> you, you're actually running away with this hippie thing right now. Can do. Yeah. Focus in. The, the, the curse of the human is that we can look in the past and regret things and we can look into the future and fear things. All the philosophers, great philosophers say is just be in the present and appreciate the present, don't they? Yeah. But then again, um, Socrates lived in a barrel. Uh, yeah, and some of those Greek philosophers ended up killing themselves, so I'm not sure they had well, Socrates, the yeah. <laughs> he, he oh, was Socrates, was he? Was he the guy who, did he um, poison himself? Yeah, I think he took Hemlock, didn't he, Socrates? Hemlock, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, I think he, he said um, melancholia was an was an inevitable consequence of man's uh, preoccupation with higher problems. That's why he, I think that was a justification for his own misery. Got himself into right pickle. Right pickle. I think it was him versus the state at one point, I think, and he lost. Anyway. Moral victory. So positives from this situation, Oliver, apart from being occasionally aggravated, are you enjoying spending more time with the kids? Uh, I'm very much enjoying having them around, yeah. And uh, my older child, right. who's 21, is proving to be quite the uh, quite the gourmet. Uh, and we, we, uh, we're watching this great thing on Netflix at the moment called Tiger King, which is the best documentary I've ever seen in my life. You're and joking. I've seen that. And I thought, that looks ridiculous why would i ever bother watching that it's about, oh. it's, about it's about two competing safari parks or something oh no no it's about one guy who's got the biggest the biggest tiger safari in the u.s and there's a woman who's the biggest tiger conservationist or something and they're in they're locking swords is that right very much like saying that the Roman premise Ju- romeo, and, romeo and juliet is about uh the montagues and the capulets going at it <laughs> yeah that's right it's one big scrap it is like that, actually. You've pretty much, you've nailed it. I'll give that a watch, definitely. We have got to get on with some of your six. We're only on point two of your six-point plan, Doctor. Yeah, but in there, they're being positive is humour, right? Use of humour. It's one of the most important things to get us through. Oh, that reminds me. Something I have to say, then, if, you, if, we're, if we're going, uh, talking about humour. Um, so what we're doing at work is we have this teleconference uh, three times a week. And we all get together and it was really stilted at first because I didn't really know what to do. Uh, and then we came up right. with some games that we could do and we started telling jokes with each other. And then we started showing each other around each other's houses. And then we, we did, had this thing called show me your spouse. And then it was um, exhibit a child. And it actually replaces quite nicely some of the nice sort of water cooler socials that we used to have. And mm. it's become... You know, it's become quite popular. We do this uh, through the keyhole thing where people submit a video or some photos of their house. And we have to work out whose it is from their personality. That's it, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's but it is actually working really well. So they correctly guessed that, that you owned a 9000 square foot Georgian pile from your pomposity, presumably <laughs> your la- huge ego. Right. Well, this this looks like it must be. It's on five levels. Uh, is it Oliver's house? Because uh, he's a pompous prick. He's a pompous prick, and uh, his ego is bigger than his wallet. So presumably, he can't afford to heat it. Yeah. No. And uh, and you were like, correct. I only uh, heat the first two floors. Yeah. Well done. Um. So thinking again as well to uh downside the the other end of this curve. Okay. 
Uh, wouldn't it be great at that point to be able to say, uh, when you meet up at the party at my house, while you're uh, dancing on my table, spilling beer all over the place, slopping it on the curtains and stuff, uh, just basically while you're doing that, you say, uh, yeah, I've, I've learned a language. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can now play the guitar, uh, or I can play it better than I did before. That wouldn't be hard, um, but I can, uh, play, yeah. uh, I can play Stairway. Yeah, you might say. Um, <laughs> um, or you uh, have recorded a complete uh, YouTube blog series uh, where you've discussed uh, how to uh, survive the Corona epidemic. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, or you've finished a podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what I'm getting at there is at least put some of this time during this crisis for, uh, say, an evening class. How about if you get people? giving you tutorials remotely right and you do a certain amount of self-learning as well in between that'd be yeah. great wouldn't it oh and there's all sorts of things right so i was a bit i was a bit glum at the weekend and very tired for no particular reason and then of course me being me got anxious about being tired because i thought well i'm tired now i'm not even doing anything oh my god why am i tired so uh, oh god we all get that well i suppose how am i going to be able to perform because i'm tired well, yeah, 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 yeah we all yeah. get that and, and louise says right you're going to tidy up your office and i was like uh, that's absolutely not going to happen. Uh, but I went down in my office, which is a bit of a shithole, and uh, started tidying up things and throwing out things that I don't need. And um, as I kept on doing that, it started to feel better and better and better. And it's yeah. one of the things that I'd, I'd put off and put off and put off. And now yeah. I actually occasionally yeah. walk into my lovely new tidied office and I get so much pleasure out of it. And I've got a job done uh, and I feel great. Absolutely. My my missus did exactly the same thing to me. Just do it. Just do it. You'll feel better. I promise you will. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I've got all this stuff to do. I want to write. I want to do a bit of writing for my book. And I've got to do this. And I've got to do that. And she said, just do this. And I actually ended up spending the whole rest of the day cleaning. And I don't love cleaning. But I love the result of it. Because now yeah. I've got a lovely home that I can enjoy using much more. Yeah. And she said, look, this is going to be your domain for the next, I don't know how many weeks. So make it. A pleasurable place to be in and she was dead right yeah no very, right. very wise both of them uh, i did some cleaning um and i don't do much cleaning i don't enjoy cleaning but it is quite um i know it's a bit of a cliched word cathartic but i'd finished it and there's something about doing something physical and doing something analog when i live pretty much in the digital yeah. world and you've got a sparkling bath a sparkling loo sparkling shower lovely mirror and uh under oh, the floors and uh, do you know the Vileda supermop the Vileda Supermob is a fantastic invention. It's really, really good and efficient. <laughs> You're showing yourself up now as if you've never, ever seen a mop before. <laughs> Very rarely mopped in my life. But did you get that medal? Sorry? There's been no sign of a medal yet, has there? No sign of a medal for you. Uh, no, no medal. Uh, I, uh, Very that was Daily Mash, wasn't it? Man does something and expects fucking medal for it. It's so <laughs> That's true. That's right. Man does some cleaning. Where's my certificate? I came back to Louise and said, look, I did it. And she's like, what? You know, what What do you expect? What is it that you think you've earned? I was like, oh, <laughs> oh right. well, I, I, well. But I, okay, fine. Well, come and look at it anyway. Come and look at it. I'm going to look at your shower. <laughs> this is what normal people do, you idiot. Yeah. And there she's gone. Yeah. And dare I say it, there is there are those things that you need to, to fix around the house that you probably haven't done yet, but you probably should do and you feel a lot better for doing them the things you put off the last five years yeah the front door lock uh, fixing a lock is one of those things that she'd say to me there's no way i'm gonna uh, mess around with a lock you're doing it 
Uh, and uh, I worked it out. Locks are quite cool. If you undo a lock on a door, it's just like, oh, it's quite simple, really. So it felt quite, mm. quite good, quite, quite manly. Fixing a lock, putting some metal in wood uh, to protect my family from no one because we lived in a closed community. Um, but uh, yeah. Okay, so we've talked about constructive things, which is all very good for our feelings of self-efficacy, our potency, our ability to get stuff done. Um, but yeah, be creative. Be right, creative, on. that's the other C. Ah, well, I tell you what, it's no joke that doing this, and we're on our second one, and we're going to do a few more before this is all over, help me, help yeah. me massively. It's, uh, it's you know, it's a, a creative thing, endeavor. But it's a creative endeavor, yeah. well said. It's a creative endeavor with a sense of accomplishment at the end of it, even if it's, uh, well, even if it's heavily edit- edited <laughs> for, the, for the choice bits, it still gives you a sense of uh, um, accomplishment, doesn't it? It's great. Even so yeah. it's edited, don't you worry about it. We need this when we're when we're in a low ebb. You know, this is an unprecedented situation, to use the cliche of uh, times. And you know, we we need to do things that uh, give us joy, that are fun. But I think being creative is very important to our sense of self and self esteem, right? I completely agree. Uh, it counteracts boredom. Uh, it's rewarding. Makes you feel less helpless in a helpless situation. I think. And even if it's just going out and doing some gardening, that's a, in fact, that's a fantastically creative thing to do. Uh, uh, you've mentioned cooking. I think that also, if you can um, hone your cooking skills, yep. uh, cooking and gardening are things you get you know, very quick results from. Yeah. So mixing those uh, quick and clean um, creative endeavors with writing or composing a tune or which might take a bit longer and have a, a more of a slow burn kind of effect. Well, I've got two examples of friends, local friends. So next door, Helen, next door, she's bought a potter's wheel. My dad had one. Really? Mm. A potter's wheel? Yeah. I used to throw pots when I was a kid, yeah. And my mum used to do slab work. And then and we had a kiln. And my mum's specialisation was knowing about the glazes and the oxides. <laughs> wow. Uh, so you do two firings. You do a biscuit firing. And then you do put the glaze on. And then mm. you fire it again for the, mm. for the glaze. Okay, well, there'll be some uh, some more editing for you there. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, I think most of that will go. And then another friend of mine is a keyboard player, just plays a few chords and fiddly bits, and he mm. mixes, and then he uh, his daughter's got a lovely voice, and every now and again, this video pops up on my Facebook feed, and it's uh, Keith with his daughter, and she's sort of got a sort of ethereal voice, and she's just making a lovely mm. noise, and he's and he's spending time with his little girl. It's really, really nice. Oh. So many ways to be creative, isn't it? Yeah. Good. So we've done that one. We've yeah, absolutely easy. nailed that one. You've nailed it. So there's only two left, and they're quick ones. Um, be active. Yep. Be active, right? We've covered this before. When you're on a low ebb, if you're anxious and low, exercise absolutely guaranteed to make you feel better. Absolutely. Yeah. Even I think that and I hate exercise. Exercise reduces anxiety and stress uh, and also boosts brain chemicals that elevate your mood. So it's a double whammy. It's a it's a no-brainer. It's very difficult to motivate yourself to start with. But there are there are technologies you can use now, right, remotely to help you. Uh, you were mentioning that Peloton amp app, right? The Peloton app. We won't go into detail because we did it in a previous app, but you can join other people exercising uh, and get feedback from them in real time, right? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I didn't, um, I didn't believe it the first time, but uh, my wife is on it every single day. My son 
every other day. Wow. I do it maybe once a week and I should do it more. But yeah, you can have a nice scenic ride. There's a big screen in front. There's people high-fiving you. And if you're the competitive type, you can see for your age group where you are in the top 500. It, it is pretty cool. Which and, is great. And also, whilst I'm on that, you don't actually need to ride the Peloton because they have yoga classes. They have meditation classes. Um, right. They have running classes and, and um, aerobics as well. Yeah. Because not everyone's going to be able to invest in the, in the bike. So it's good that you've got these other options as well. I mean, I've turned my summer house thing at the bottom of my garden in, into a little bit of a gym. And I'm downloading some apps that are completely free. Well, there's some way you can just pay per kind of exercise session and stuff. And they will, the, the Nike one, you download one kind of activity at a time and you can tailor it to your own needs. But they specifically have got a whole series of exercises that are designed for you to do in your own home. And you don't necessarily need any kit. So I think that's uh, the way forward. Good. Love it. The other thing is, of course, if you are exercising regularly, that also makes me makes you more resilient to stress. Ah. So not only is it a stress buster, it makes you more resilient going forward if you do it regularly. Yeah. Uh, immunization against uh, COVID-related anxiety. So, and then finally, what's my last one? Connected. I like the stereo MCs. Yeah. Uh, back in be connected. the nineties, you've got to make sure you're make sure you're make Con- sure you're connected. Make sure you're connected. That's it. Uh, yeah, we are not happy bunnies if we don't get to communicate. And even if you don't have broadband connection, you can't get the vid- video link, which is preferred. But if you can't, then just being a dog and bone is is nearly as good. I reckon. Yeah, I have lovely conversations with my dad. He, you know what I find? Even when I think, oh, I really should talk to my dad. I really should talk to my dad. And it's almost a chore. As soon as I get five minutes in talking to the old bugger, it's like he's a mate. And it makes both yeah. of us feel better. Um, I'm being a good son. Yeah. I'm actually enjoying the conversation because he's sharp as a tack. And um, I think he is as well. Yeah. Wonderful. Sharp as a tack at 90, 90 years old? 92 this year. 92 this year. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, good, good skills from those. And on that very positive note, um, can you, I think we've pretty much covered all the bases. And I reckon, though, over the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, learning more and more about people's uh, successful attempts to get through this. Um, I agree. And using the software we're using, I've just realized we can invite other people. So we were always going to do guests in season three. I would love us to connect with Mark over in France and see what, how, how he's doing with the lockdown with his uh, uh, young child who's running riot around the house. That'd be, um, that'd be entertaining, I think. And getting his words of wisdom as well, because he's, um, he's a man who's trained in the arts of uh, managing anxiety. Yeah, he is. And he's just so, a great guy. Very, very, very funny as well. So he's, he's like yeah. gold dust. So we'll leave it there. And uh, please do get in touch with us. Give us your stories. We'd love to have stuff to talk about, about the creative ways in which you've found to uh, pass the time, uh, make yourself feel better, beat the stress and, and so on. Right. Hells to the yes. We love your stories. Let's just say, uh, go to the website, uh, which is ytlf.com yeah. or Facebook. Or email hi at ytlf.com. Or, or tweet us, um, ytlf. That's our handle. And we need to, we're going to start tweeting more, man, because we're rubbish at that. We anyway, we'll see, you, we'll see you next time. I'm not sure when that'll be. Probably in a few days. 
Yeah, a couple of days, three days at maximum. Uh, look after yourselves, my lovely friends. Keep well. Bye for now. Bye.